Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Fabulous Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Fountain. <sighs> Tristan Carcino. And the podcast we hoped we'd never have to record was here. The Seahawks <laughs> have traded Russell Wilson. Why are you laughing? It's not oh a time for birth. It's a response to being uncomfortable. <sighs> so I, uh, I was uh, on the exercise bike a few minutes ago, and uh, I had gotten a couple of chats, and it was like loud notification because usually I set my phone on something else to kind of muffle the notification, but I can't on the bike. So I put my Google chat on do not disturb for the next 30 minutes and therefore did not see any of your texts. And it was only when I I was watching, I was watching something on Hulu and I clicked out of there and I've got it on ESPN by default. And immediately the Chiron comes up with Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos. That's how I found out. Just a fucking random Tuesday morning in March. How did this happen? Well, like, we, we know how it happened. Uh, Aaron Rodgers happened. Why is that? Okay, and we'll get there. We'll get there. This is the second worst day in my entire life as a sports fan. This is a worse day than Super Bowl 49. This is oh, a yeah, worse 100%. day than... Game five, Dikembe on the floor. This is it. This is the second worst day. And it, it feels shockingly similar to the worst day. Granted, football will still be played. There'll be more players. The worst thing that you can do as a sports fan is take yourself off the table. And that's what obviously happened for the Sonics when they moved. They took themselves off the table completely. They didn't. Or I suppose <laughs> the current ownership at the time did. The I league, mean, they the did. League, the league took them off the table completely. They ended basketball, professional basketball, in the city of men's professional basketball in Take the it. city of Seattle. And we still have not recovered from that. And it has been 12 years. It's coming up on 14. Right? 14 <laughs> years. It has been the longest 14 years that we've ever had as basketball fans. And the Seattle Seahawks today, by trading Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for this fucking package of all packages, took themselves off the table. And this is something that is going to be felt throughout the Seahawks organization probably for 14 years or more. They will still play football tomorrow. They will still have a season. They, they won't play football tomorrow. It's You're just fig- figuratively speaking. They will still be playing football games, but this is it as far as them being a relevant, competitive NFL franchise. It's done. The roster is not there. This was Russell Wilson's roster, and it is the worst trade in NFL history. It's not worse than the Cowboys, the the trade they made with Herschel Walker. He went to the Vikings, right? That was still a worse trade. I mean, my first thought was something that... uh, Bill Barnwell had alluded to a couple of years ago, talking about the Mookie Betts trade. There was a, a Bill James quote after, I believe it was the A's at that point, one of the many times, had traded Ricky Henderson. And his quote was, did they get a fair price for Ricky Henderson? It's kind of like if you're an art collector and you have the Mona Lisa, what's a fair price for it? The idea in building a championship team is to acquire players like Ricky Henderson. It's a sad day when you have to give one away. And I mean, look, I, I am the person who does trade grades. I'm the person who says if you got a fair price for the Mona Lisa. So I get it. But wow, it what is work- your trade grade of this grade? 
I mean, it may work out for the Seahawks. They did How? assure themselves at least one good draft pick out of this. And they got a variety of players from the Broncos. So that's something. I mean, it's still, it's still at best a D plus, a C minus, somewhere in that range. It's just... I don't think it's likely how, to be. The how is this the trend. value that they got? How is this the value of Russell Wilson in his uh, in his prime, more or less? This well, he's is not, not in his prime. That's part Russell of Wilson. Russell Wilson, like when you compare this to the value of how many draft picks did they give up for Matthew Stafford? Stafford. I mean, they gave up two first rounders, but none of them was is good. I think that's the important thing. You can't get hung up on all first rounders are the same. But now the question is. You know, were the Giants willing to give up even better first rounders than this? I think that's an important question to ask. But Russ but, wouldn't take that packet, like wouldn't wave his no trade to go there. Is it like I mean, the, the value is not that dissimilar to the Khalil Mack trade, the Jamal Adams trade, right? right? But, the quality but all of, of those, those first rounders, all of those the, were future picks because those players were matter. drafted, traded after. Yes, it does matter because you assume that if you trade it's a very good player, it's not that good of a pick. They they traded Russell Wilson for the ninth draft pick in, in a notoriously bad quarterback draft. It's not like they traded him and have a surefire quarterback waiting. I know, right? There is nothing. And they rallied but there was around before there was Russell Wilson. So would you have to consider as probably there wasn't nothing, but no, there was something I before mean, I mean, there was Russell was, Wilson. There was an excellent roster in place. Yes. And that's not what they have right now. There well, is a were, fucking you bad roster in place outside of Russell of Wilson. Picks. How, you know, how you do know, you rely on these people to make those draft picks? How do you make this decision when you're talking about what you're talking about with those draft picks is a rebuild? are built around a 70-year-old head coach who has proven that he does not know how to win football in the NFL without Russell Wilson. Like, it's just, it is a bonkers decision that this is who you're choosing. Pete Carroll and John Schneider should have been fired today, not Russell Wilson be traded. That's it. That's the report that we should have gotten. If it was that there was a power struggle between these two parties, we lost Russell Wilson in the city of Seattle, the greatest quarterback who has ever played in the city of Seattle and probably will ever play in the city of Seattle. We lost him because a 70-year-old head coach wanted to run the fucking ball more and couldn't coach defense even though he's a defensive coach. It's a travesty. This is fucking Houston Texans-like what we're talking about right now. I mean, the... I don't know if it's as bad as the Houston Texans because the problem was they already fucked up all the past years of Russell Wilson's prime because that was his prime. The last five years, that was his prime. He has another and they didn't 10 do years shit with it. of being a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. I don't, I don't believe that. Okay. I, we have very different views on quarterback aging, and I think yours is overly influenced by Tom Brady. And Russell Wilson is not Tom Brady. No one is Tom Brady. Even how, Peyton how many, Manning didn't have 10 years left at age 33. Well, some pretty severe injuries for... You know, when be, injuries become more likely, when players get older. Isn't that funny? Huh, what are the odds of that? I, I don't think it was... Because I don't think there was a path for the Seahawks back if they had fired Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Like, they already... It, the, the fire had already been lit. They already burned everything down. So I would rather have, you know, tried to deal with the ramifications of that with Russell Wilson... Then with three players and two first round picks, but the Seahawks, there wasn't a path for them to Super Bowl contention. The Jamal Adams trade was that. That was it. That was the end of it. The Jamal Adams trade was the end of the Seahawks' irrelevant franchise in the NFL. I mean, that might be true, but they gave up two first round picks, one of which did end up being better than ninth. 
for a guy who doesn't even make their team better. Yeah, I agree. That's why you don't give these people the decision-making power to trade Russell Wilson. Because they fucked up a trade two years ago? You're saying these are the people who we want to make the most important trade in the franchise's history? That is the argument that you just made? Wow, these people really shit the bed constantly on basically every single trade they've ever made. Let's have them make the most important trade. How long did it take Philadelphia to recover in basketball after trading Charles Barkley? I mean, they drafted Allen Iverson four years later. All right, fine. So if we, dra- if we draft so like... We have to have four terrible years with this roster and then maybe can draft a generational quarterback. Well, yeah, if we get an MVP in four years in the draft, then I think this will have worked out. It's just, it, it's so unlike the franchises who have done it right, who've been able to carry over from an all-time quarterback if, and consistently well, had one. There was if, no backup plan here. There wasn't. Drew Locke is who they're going to replace Russell Wilson with. He's not going to replace Russell Wilson. If Okay, only, then it's Drew if, Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a, a Derek Carr trade. Like, these are not great options. If only there were an example of a team with a veteran quarterback who was unhappy with the organization making the quarterback happy and choosing not to trade him. And if only that had happened literally this morning. The worst part about this and how I know that the curse is real is that, again, the moment that I think, you know what, this is going to be okay. That's when it fucking happens. I saw that Rogers extension. and I was like, no quarterbacks are changing teams this offseason. I literally thought it this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, that judge, she'll shut this down. No way the city will cut a deal, right? We'll have the team for at least two more years. We'll grind them down. There'll be a whole economic recession. No fucking way, right? We already own the Kings. The person from Seattle owns the Kings. There's property. Of course they're moving here. Nothing good can ever happen. The world is a cruel and terrible place, and it is because of Pete Carroll. (laughs) I don't think Pete Carroll is responsible for this. Rashad Penny better be pretty fucking good next year. Yeah, you did this with your generational Rashad Penny take. With, with Russell Wilson, they should have just traded him to Denver too. God. Well, they can't trade him to Denver. He's a free agent. Maybe he'll sign there. I mean, what's the point? Literally, what is the point of bringing these players back? They have an old team. They should just let everybody walk. Like it is, we are in, ter- in depending, unless they come up with a trade for a competent quarterback, we are in tear it down mode. You've seen the Denver Broncos without a quarterback. You know, the reason that they wanted Russell Wilson was because they had I'm, Drew Locke like quarterbacks ever since Peyton Manning retired. Like we're now in this fucking place. We were locked up, locked up. We were good for at least, okay, minimum another six more years, right? I would say three to four. Oh my God. I mean, if Russell Wilson is an elite level quarterback, yes. At least of Russell Wilson being a like Pro Bowl territory caliber quarterback. Well, like eight quarterbacks have made the Pro Bowl, including Russell Wilson this year when he was injured most of the year and played poorly when he was healthy. It's just how can you look around and this is the value for Russell Wilson? I mean, maybe we're completely biased because we're in the city of Seattle, but like, I think does anybody do trade biased? You think this was a fair package? You think I didn't the NFL say it was a objected? fair package? I said the literally the point. The the first thing I said on this podcast was there is no fair price. It's not even. But I don't I don't think that like they just like took a tarot. I don't think this is. I mean, I guess I was going to compare it to the Pacers taking Victor Oladipo and Devontae Sabatis for Paul George, a deal that worked out very well in the long term for the Indiana Pacers. If but these are not promising young Halliburton, players. 
Like no, but the number nine pick is a promising young player. The Seahawks, and you remember what happened the last time the Seahawks got a future first round pick from the Denver Broncos? It was the reason they had that promising roster you talked about when they drafted Russell Wilson entirely because the Broncos inexplicably traded a first round pick to the Seahawks the next year for a second round pack to pick to dra- draft a guy that they waived a year later and the Seahawks drafted Earl fucking Thomas. Well, great. That's not going to happen this time. You understand the Broncos are going to next year with a roster that they didn't have to give up that much talent from. And they have Russell Wilson. But they gave the number nine pick. That's why it was important to do this trade before the draft. But they had the number nine pick because they had a good roster and no quarterback. And teams that have good rosters and no quarterback have the nine pick. Teams with bad rosters and no quarterback have the number fucking one pick. What would you put as an over-under for the Seahawks next year? Five and a half? Seven and a half. Way too high. I mean, I think you're underestimated. I mean... Who am I underestimating here? The trash offensive line, the trash defensive line, the trash secondary, Jamal Adams? Literally who? They have like three good players on the entire team. Everybody only matters because of Russell Wilson. Tyler Locker does, Lockett doesn't matter anymore. I think DK Metcalf might not matter anymore. of star players in the NFL. I think that roster depth is much more important than you're making it out to be. I'm not underestimating the impact of star quarterbacks in the NFL because there's literally only one position that matters in the NFL. That's why Aaron Rodgers got paid $50 million a year, right? There's no other position. We're talking about, in fact, I've seen this is a totally unrelated point. I saw, I think, Mina talking about the safety coming out of the draft. And somebody was like, oh, the won't get past the pick four or something like that. And it's like, well, that's a terrible fucking decision on their behalf because you can see what players that are franchised are getting paid this offseason. And safety is the second is the second least valuable position after running back. It's basically the same thing. It's better than drafting a running back in the first round. Oh, it's but dramatically better than drafting running back in the first round. As far as positional value, using a top five pick on a safety is a complete waste of the pick, even if they're extraordinarily good. But that's what I'm saying is that if you're talking about superstar quarterback Russell Wilson, Jamal Adams about to need an extension, and the Seahawks gave up almost as much for Jamal Adams as they got in return for Russell Wilson. Even, yeah, that makes even the if- Jamal Adams trade an F. That's what it makes, much more than the Russell Wilson trade an F. I mean, how, also, how here's the thing about the can, Denver Broncos. Do you know where they what uh, what unit of theirs was the best last season? What? It was their offense. They were 12th in offensive DVOA, 20th in defensive DVOA, 30th in special teams DVOA. They're about to drop Russell Wilson into the 12th best offense. That was running with I mean, Teddy They're, they're going to be very good. I, I don't know. I, someone continually told me how terrible their wide receivers were and that Russell Wilson would never, ever want to go there. So I assume he's going to beat on the strand. <laughs> I, I mean, that I, I will tell you, their, their wide receivers are a, are a downgrade from the Seahawks wide receivers. They are downgrade from the Seahawks. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter. They will look phenomenal because they'll have Russell Wilson throwing them the ball. And they have Nathaniel Hackett as their new head coach. Why can't we just be the Broncos? We literally could have done this. Well, we I mean, could, I, don't know if, I don't know if you you're could have fired Pete Carroll and hired Nathaniel Hackett. We have a long tradition at this point of just following other teams instead of Seattle sports teams. <laughs> so we could spend 2022 and beyond this, this Denver Broncos. I think, that, I think it'll hurt too bad, though. I don't think we can, like, we can't follow the Broncos. Like, that will be too painful. Literally, all mm-hmm. we have to do is the, the only positive that can be taken from this is while it's happening, f- failure is not that fun, right? A 5 and an 11 season or a 5 and 12 season, I take it back is not going to be that fun. But trying to find the quarterback of the future 
having them play one random good game at some point before they eventually fizzle out or turn into the next Drew Locke. That will be fun for that moment, right? But the idea of finding a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson through the draft or any other means is, I mean, it's a one in a thousand chance, right? The amount of quarterbacks who come into the NFL, even first round picks, who one in a thousand chance in terms of what teams, seasons, draft picks? I don't players, think those players. Are. If you take, I mean, there have been a thousand quarterbacks in the NFL since Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes take, was one of them. So I don't agree with that assessment. <laughs> there actually have been quite a few good young quarterbacks recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the draft. But there have also been a lot of extraordinarily bad quarterbacks. And those types true. of quarterbacks set your franchise back another three or four years. Like the next time the Seahawks make the playoffs, it'll be 2030. I, I will take the under on that. Uh, Drew Luck led the league in interceptions in 2020. Did you know that? Great. <laughs> I was curious what was his example of that game that got everyone all excited. Because I remember there definitely was one. Yeah, his second career start at Houston, 38-24 win 22 of 27 for 309 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. That didn't, didn't carry over. Didn't That's it. That's the only thing that we have to look forward to here. It's over. The roster is not good. It's not fun. It's not young. With Russell Wilson gone, we're off the table. And I don't even really know what else to say beyond that, is that Pete Carroll will be fired. Like, you can see the future, probably after next season. Pete Carroll will be gone. John Schneider will be gone. It'll be all new. And you just have to hope that they end up with a much better coaching staff in front office than they had that supported Russell Wilson, that was able to support Russell Wilson for a very short period of time, and then overly relied on Russell Wilson and didn't give him the help he need needed for another five, six years. I mean, and, they over, overly relied on him from a roster standpoint. They underly relied on him from a passing standpoint. But consistently did not put him in the best possible position. As a quarterback, Russell Wilson has had to been go through more than almost anybody else has had to go through, right? Nobody has taken their entire scheme and built it around him in his entire career. And you know, Nathaniel Hackett is fucking stoked to be able to do that. And there's so I mean, many coaches. I mean, he, he would have rather done it with Aaron Rodgers. Hackett? Yeah. Well, Matt LaFleur was already there. No, I'm saying oh, he would have rather traded for Aaron Rodgers today. Clearly, the pa- Broncos had this package out there to the Packers. And the reason the trade happened today is a combination of two factors. Number one, the Broncos realizing they weren't going to get Aaron Rodgers. And number two, the Seahawks looking at the 50 million a year that Aaron Rodgers is getting from the Packers and saying, no, we don't want to, we don't want to sign up for that with Wilson next year. That, that clearly is why this trade happened today. I mean, they must've known before then. I don't think they were just like, this had to be like, I mean, I'm, place. I'm sure you're negotiating. They weren't just like yes. this this morning it's... saw the Aaron Rodgers money and then immediately pulled the trigger. But no, I mean, they, they pulled the trigger today. I don't, I don't know what to tell you here. Like, that I think was out the, there. I the think the Ro- Rodgers being done. I think it was like when the Nets and Knicks were competing for Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo goes to the Knicks. Like two days later, the Nets send that same exact package, more or less, to the Utah Jazz for Darren Williams. That's what happened here. We're the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, in this scenario, we're the Utah Jazz. It didn't actually turn out that terribly for them, but partially because Darren Williams did not turn out to be as good as people thought he was. <sighs> I don't know that I think that's going to be... I mean, it is a weird situation for Russell Wilson because he's going into a division where he's plausibly the third best quarterback. No, I mean, there's a, obviously stiff competition there. He really... He went from one 
one of the hardest divisions in the NFL to the other hardest division in the NFL. Both out West, which seems like less than a coincidence to me. Uh, uh, I, I just don't even know. Like <laughs> it's, it's really just so devastating to even process. Like when it happened, you feel like you have in your hands, Russell Wilson, and then you have to like, as a fan recognize that we don't have any input, any say, none of this matters, right? It's not a democracy. It, it is definitely not a democracy. It's not even a meritocracy because Pete Carroll probably would not be the head coach if that was the case. It is a- I mean, this the, is a little too harsh on Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has been very successful over the course of his career. Pete Carroll himself has admitted that he probably would have been fired if it weren't for Russell Wilson. For sure. This is like, I, I don't know what we're signing up for here. I mean, I guess best case scenario- you get one Cam Newton-like season, and then you get Mac Jones after that. But that even remains to be seen as far as long-term, like what that's going to turn out like, you know? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see whether they do in fact decide to take a, a quarterback at some point in this year's draft, despite the fact that the class is not that good. I, I think the veteran quarterback option is the more likely scenario and that Locke is basically just them taking a flyer and the Broncos not needing him as a third quarterback on their roster since they still have Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm kind of surprised the Seahawks didn't prioritize getting him in this trade because, again, the Broncos' offense, not that bad last year. I mean, I think Jameis is another possibility as a quarterback that you didn't mention as a free agent. Okay. I mean, well, we're, I think we're, just in, we're in the fucking carousel now. We weren't. For a long, long time, we weren't, and it was like, it was a pretty amazing place to be. When you start honestly having the Teddy Bridgewater conversation, <laughs> like, you're in a bad place. That's it. You put yourself into this place when all of a sudden, are you the Carolina Panthers? Are you the Denver Broncos? Right? Are you one of these teams who is going to honestly be in the mix for this, you know, carousel of quarterbacks? who are not quite good enough to land a long-term spot with a team. We'll see. Maybe Jameis will. Maybe Jameis is good enough. I'm pretty confident that Teddy Bridgewater is not. It's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's just Teddy Bridgewater is not going to win the Seahawks a Super Bowl, right? We know what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. And you need to have the absolute best roster in the NFL to seriously compete for a Super Bowl if he's your quarterback. And you look around, fortunately, the most of the young star quarterbacks are on the AFC but the amount of elite level quarterbacks, young elite level quarterbacks that there are in the league right now. Or the amount of elite rosters, if you look around the NFC West. Yes. I'm sure the people who are so happy about this right now are the LA Rams, the fucking coming off the Super Bowl LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Arizona Cardinals. They are so happy about this. And when you make a move that everybody around your division looks at and says to themselves, thank God we don't have to play Russell Wilson anymore. Fucking give me the Seahawks. I'm not scared of Pete Carroll. I'm not scared of the rest of that Seahawks roster. I'm scared of Russell Wilson and that's it. I mean, I don't know. By that logic, anytime a team makes a short, a long-term decision, you'd be excited about it because you don't know for sure if you're going to be there in five years, but you know for sure you're going to be there next year. You probably are. I mean, again, this is unprecedented. There's never been a, court, a trade like this. There's not even one to point to. We that have to point accurate. across sports to even talk about a trade like this. Fortunately, you come from a league where, as a basketball player, um, you report on a league where this happens semi-often. But in the NFL, for this position, we're not like we're talking about Jamal Adams. 
we're talking about Khalil Mack. I mean, I guess Matthew Stafford is maybe the closest as a trade like this happening. And maybe it'll happen more often in the NFL, but the Packers well, it's undoubtedly going to happen more often. That is no question. It's going to happen more often. They waited out for a year, the Packers, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers decided to stay. Uh, and the Seahawks didn't do it. They absolutely did not do it. There's a report from uh, Nikki Jabala who covers the Washington commanders. I got to get used to that for the Washington post that the, the commanders offered the Seahawks draft picks through three first round picks this year's and the next two. But according to this, uh, to a person with knowledge of the situation, it became clear that the Seahawks preferred an AFC team. Sure. Which is the logic that never has failed. Uh, Washington does have a slightly lower first round pick this year, number 11, but. Uh, so. I don't think that that should have outweighed and maybe, you know, the additional second round picks that they got, but I, I probably would have preferred the three first round picks. I do you want to tell us about Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris? But you, I you apparently that, don't want to hear about them. I love that we had to throw in a pick with Russell Wilson too. Just like that should have been the like fucking draft day, right? You pancake eating motherfucker, right? Like it's, that should have been you hang up the phone. Didn't the Broncos swindle the Seahawks in the movie draft day? Uh, the, Broncos, the, trade? the Broncos and the Seahawks were, the Seahawks got swindled by the Browns in that because they're the stars of draft day. Oh, the Browns. Okay. I forget what the Broncos involvement was. It was just but, like a John Elway, like dude. Running. So. Who was it? Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a John Elway, like dude. I mean, the NFL the draft has gotten substantially more exciting for the Seahawks. That is one thing you can say about this deal. Uh, Drew Luck was actually 16th in the uh, Dakota Composite his rookie season because of that big oh, yeah. performance. Uh, then he dropped to 36th and 37th the last two years. Next, next two years, Shelby Harris, sort of a three-four defensive end, four-three defensive tackle, had six sacks in both 2019 and last season, but just two in 11 games in between in 2020. PFF grade of 61, so possibly a replacement for the similar Kerry Hyder, who has a 57 grade last season. Oh, I always am prioritizing when I'm trading Russell Wilson, a replacement for Kerry Hyder. But he's due 16 million over the next two years, which is a lot of money. Uh, so dumb. How are they so bad at this in the year 2022? I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. No offense going into the last guaranteed year of his rookie contract as a former first-round pick. Seahawks will have to decide on his 2023 first-round option, whether to pick that up. He's been a re reasonably productive tight end. I mean, it's, it's, he's actually going to be the best tight end the Seahawks have had in a long period of time, with all due respect to the throw. So that's, that's something, I guess. Yep. Great. Do we want to talk about, like, because to go back to your point, the one thing about the Russell Wilson era is we always appreciated it. Mm -hmm. There might've been a moment of taking for granted how, how consistent it was and how long it was going to last, but it was never like we were like, you know, got used to the Seahawks having an elite quarterback. And we were fortunate because enough to be raised Kraken fans to eat shit for two decades. <laughs> You're lucky. Like eat <clears throat> shit for two decades. Quote unquote. What was the first year you cared about the Seahawks? The day I was born. <laughs> and they finally made the Super Bowl two decades after I was born. I mean, that is accurate. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't buy that your fandom was very high for the first decade of your life. But we, we've been through the era of being like, thank God we have Warren Moon, right? Like, 
We've been through we, the era of we've super seen some excited things. about John Kitna. Oh my God. Matt Hasselbeck was like a life-changing quarterback yeah. for us. And was I he? still all love to Matt Hasselbeck. Of course. Nothing, like it's not that this love for Russell Wilson does not negate love for Matt Hasselbeck, who was a great quarterback while he was here. We should like, be so lucky as to have another Matt Hasselbeck in the next decade. <sighs> it, it just, and okay. Do you, but do you want to talk about your favorite memories of the Russell Wilson era? We're just not even in that headspace. I, I mean, I think there was definitely something about the first couple of years for us and his first season in particular, like that Chicago game being yeah. like that Chicago game, the Atlanta game. That's why it was exciting because as a, as a sports fan, you're always thinking in the moment and also three or four steps ahead, right? That's kind of how you think about sports is like, I'm so excited, right? People are excited about Justin Herbert. They missed the fucking playoffs, but they're just like, we have Justin Herbert going forward yeah. in the same way like the bills go toe-to-toe with the chiefs they don't give a fuck about the super bowl this year would have liked to have won the super bowl this year but it's like have your little super bowl with matthew stafford we have josh allen for the next decade and i think that's the way that you think about football players and that's the way that we thought about russell wilson and that's the most exciting time as a football fan is to be like we and it also is a little bit nerve-wracking like it's exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time where you're like we've got that player we fucking have him around the nfl there's only two three of these and we have him for the next decade fuck y'all right and then to actually like top it off and win the super bowl right after that is it was more than we could have ever possibly expected but just the like weekly churn of every single week being like the seahawks are an above average to great team and having a period where he should have been in consideration for the MVP, right? In the second half of 2012? 15. 15, great. I'll never remember what year that was. In the second half of 2015, playing at like the highest level we've ever seen a quarterback play in the city of Seattle. And it was just like, there's always another level with Russ. You know that he can do it. So that's it. The consistency of being like, you know what you're going to get every single week. You don't have to go into this and be like, am I going to be so upset at this quarterback? Is this going to be their last start? Is this like their last season? You know, that that uncertainty. And that's where a lot of teams live and have lived for a long time. Or am I going to be, is Baker Mayfield going to be the quarterback? And we're going to be at the point where we're like, are we going to pay Baker Mayfield $35 million a year or whatever? That is like, there's so many worse places to be than just fucking having your quarterback. And for some reason, the Seahawks, had the best possible situation in the NFL and could never truly appreciate it. To me, it's the 2012 preseason and Wilson just playing so well and establishing himself as the starter because we were super excited about Matt Flynn when the Seahawks signed him before they drafted Wilson. He was coming off those two huge performances late in the seasons in Green Bay replacing Rodgers and just seemed like a way higher upside play than anyone the Seahawks had had. Uh, and then very quickly, it became clear, this is Russell Wilson's job, not down the road, like right the fuck now. Uh, and then the end of that 2012 season, and in particular, the thing that always stands out is being excited to watch the Pro Bowl because it was going to be my oh, last yeah. chance no, to watch Russell yeah. Wilson play quarterback for another eight or nine months, whatever the number was. So there, there, I don't know what the scenario is where, where I will be excited about watching the Pro Bowl again. That was low-key the most exciting Pro Bowl. I think Russ played pretty well, too. I think he did, yes. He was probably much more excited about it to himself. That, I mean, that Falcons game, that was almost like the peak of it. 
losing to the Falcons in the playoffs yeah. was like our best moment with Russell Wilson. And then he actually saw it through. It wasn't just a little glimpse of potential. He's that, he's that fucking dude. That's who Russell Wilson is. And look, did Pete and John assemble a good roster around him at the very beginning? Yes. Did Pete and John do a bad job after that? Also, yes. Yep. That is and, all true. And that's what Russell Wilson didn't start doing worse. Pete Carroll and John Schneider started doing worse. Russell Wilson might have faded slightly as a quarterback from his absolute peak, but you don't talk about the regression of coaches and GMs, right? We don't talk about that as they age. We talk about it with athletes, but Pete Carroll and John Schneider got over the hill as a front office and as a head coach. And they stopped being able to do it anymore. And we saw it all culminate this year. And it culminated because Russell Wilson got hurt. Because all of the band-aids, all of the leaks, everything was being covered up by Russ for so long. And Pete felt two years ago like he had to step in and fix some things with the offense when they were humming better than basically they ever had. He had to go in and fix some things. And I think that really alienated Russell Wilson. If I was playing basically the best in my entire career and my old man head coach came in and was like, you're doing this wrong, I'd be pissed also. I would want to go play for Nathaniel Hackett as well. And I'm sure he wanted to last year, but it didn't quite make sense. And now it did make sense. So if you're telling me I can go to a quarterback-friendly offense or I can be with old man Pete Carroll who wants me to hand the ball off all the time, who fundamentally does not understand how the sport is being played. I'd rather be there than with Sean McVay. Like, you saw in the Super Bowl two coaches who we'll see in a handful of years. Coaches age two. Athletes don't just age. Coaches age as well. And they're not as good as they think they are right now. I mean, I'd rather play for Andy Reid probably, I suppose, given the choice. But uh yeah, I mean, that's the other aspect of this is Wilson going to a place where he can shine and a place where the sun will often shine, less rain. He didn't get a dome, but this is probably an upgrade for him weather-wise, despite the potential of cold snow, and snow. I and don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but it's, it's, it can be that very nice. I mean, the reality is Russell Wilson probably is not going to play in a Super Bowl in the next five years. No, I mean, the AFC is too loaded, and the AFC West in particular. It was, it was, it's a decision on his behalf, but it is a grind and if you look at it and say that the broncos are instantly better than the chiefs i don't know are they instantly better than the chargers i don't know they're i don't think they're that far off from the raiders even and then you look around the rest of the afc and you see josh allen and joe burrow and players like that mac jones like there's so much more in the afc so it's a dangerous place to be right now i i would not envy the situation that russell wilson is going into i'm sure everybody's very excited as a broncos fan and they're going to be extraordinarily competitive they're going to be in the mix but it's a it's a much clearer path to the super bowl in the nfc than it is in the afc well but i, I guess most importantly it's just a, the appreciation i feel like for me personally like the way that i felt about richard sherman when he left has not changed I still care the same amount about Richard Sherman now as I did when he left. And every single time there was a chance that the CX could have signed Richard Sherman, I wanted them to sign Richard Sherman. And oh God, the Wilson we'll, Wilson reunion in like 2027. Bring it on. 29. It's going to be like amazing. I think that's more of a Pete Carroll, John Schneider thing. <laughs> and I can assure you that they will be gone. 2020, we, they will not see the light of 2023's offseason. That's it. It's just like you don't get to make this trade and then be bad and then carry on after that. It's just like the, the franchise needed an overhaul and we chose the wrong place to have that happen. 
Other teams did it in the right place. The Packers did it in the right place, right? They knew it was Mike McCarthy was the problem, not Aaron Rodgers. And they chose right. And in this one situation, basically the only time in the history of the NFL that somebody has made this choice to choose the coach over the quarterback, it has to be Russell Wilson. The greatest uh, quarterback I, I think there seen. actually was one other time they chose the coach over the quarterback. He was a little older, a little decade older, but I don't know if you recall Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I, there's some complication there. I don't know if that was exactly it. They chose the coach over the quarterback. The coach is still there. The quarterback isn't. He's not anywhere now. He's retired. They chose not to pay Tom Brady, though. I feel like that was more of the issue. I suppose. That's still the same decision. Well, they don't. it's not like you're allocating funds to Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. They just didn't want to ta- pay Tom Brady. But you know why they didn't want to pay Tom Brady? Because the coach didn't want to play Tom Brady. Pay Tom Brady. That's, that's it. Well, we also have evidence of how that worked out. The Buccaneers immediately won a Super Bowl. They immediately were on, on the map. And the Patriots, all things considered, again, they got lucky this season with Mac Jones. And we'll see, but it's still a first-round exit in the playoffs. It wasn't Tom Brady's peak in the playoffs, you know? And they're in that, they're in that hope space right now. They're in that space where they're like, they, they feel like they might have one of those quarterbacks in Mac Jones. And we really, really hope the Seahawks get there because that carousel of being the Carolina Panthers like if Cam Newton is walking through that door, if Teddy Bridgewater is walking through that door, I will see about Jameis. I, I might believe in Jameis a little bit more than I believe in those quarterbacks long-term, but like if you're turning your franchise over to Jameis Winston, I don't know if you can feel that great about it, especially when Pete Carroll is your head coach. Pete Carroll is a bad head coach and John Schneider is a bad evaluator of talent. And in this scenario, they showed it more than ever. They've been bad for eight years. Why would this be any different? And they made I mean, the wrong one of the choice. Reasons they I made have, the wrong choice on the trade. One of the reasons I'm a bit more optimistic on this is that it, the evidence suggests that drafting is a totally random. It's not an actual skill. There's way too few draft picks to actually determine whether teams are good or bad at drafting. And so it's possible the Seahawks could have another hot streak of drafting at some but point. But they, they don't know how to draft. The Even thing if is, you don't know how to draft, that's no, that, they don't know how to prioritize no, picks. No, they straight up just, they just, they literally did not prioritize no, picks no, in this no. option because they could have gotten a third first round pick from the Washington Commanders and chose not to do it. So yeah. tell me that right, they, that's fair. If the, if the difference is the ninth to the 11th pick plus one other first round pick, that is a difference. And they still don't know how to do it. Because when you prioritize first round draft picks, you take or draft picks in general, you take the most that you could get. And they chose not to do it because they cared about Russell Wilson being in the AFC. Who fucking gives a shit? You think you're going to meet Russell Wilson in the NFC playoffs, dog? Because you're wrong. That's not going to matter. What's going to matter is having those draft picks. And they chose not to take them for all that we have heard. So don't tell me that they know how to do it because they don't. We can understand that the quantity of draft picks is the most important thing to overall a roster, but they don't know that. They chose fucking Shelby Ellis or whatever. They chose Drew Locke over that, over another first round pick. They chose for their personal feelings, not, not an intelligent decision, right? Not a, a quantifiable trade grades decision. This was for their emotions, not fans' emotions because we're playing the Broncos, right? This was for their emotions that they couldn't see Russell Wilson in the NFC. They were scared of him as if we had fucking planned. They they know, the wrong but also, choice. like, you admit when you say that how fucking good he is. Because this isn't Russell Wilson demanding a trade and you trade him. This is you trading him because you think you can be do better without him. 
So don't tell me that they know what they're doing when they clearly don't. I didn't say they know what they're doing. I said that even shitty GMs look into good draft picks too. Because that's that's the randomness dwarves Fair the it swamps the actual difference in process among. But we process. know the way that you luck into good draft picks is by having more draft picks. And we also, if these reports are true, know that they prioritized getting less well, draft they, picks. They could have prioritized this, more draft picks in terms of the total number of draft we, picks. Whatever. I'm sure if they wanted to go to the commanders and say we need these three first two seconds and a and a fourth, whatever it was. I, I get the feeling the commanders would have been at a yes. Cause you know what? They've seen the quarterbacks that they've had, right? They've looked around all these other teams who want to trade you all these picks. Those are you in the future. They have seen your future. It's a ghost of Seahawks future, right? There's a reason that you're not really that excited about trading, trading first three, three first round picks for a quarterback. It's because you had Russell Wilson, but you just fucking gave up Russell Wilson. So if there are that many teams that are out there exciting to trade two and three first round picks for a quarterback, it means it's an important thing to have. I still think we should pivot to being Broncos fans. And I fuck whatever will spite Pete Carroll and John Schneider the most. I don't know that, that they listen to this podcast. But you understand what I'm saying? The way that, okay, the way that I feel about, felt about Richard Sherman when he left the team is the same way that I feel about it. Russell Wilson, I'm still going to be a fan of Russell Wilson, right? Like, love Russell Wilson more than any other football player ever, right? He came at the exact right time in our lives when it was like the right age to really like fall in love with an athlete, the right team. Everything that they did was so exciting. I fucking personally hate Pete Carroll and John Schneider on a deep personal level. They have made my life, my life worse now by doing this. It, it is not, there's no happy, rosy feelings. They lucked into a secondary and they lucked into a defense and they lucked into Russell Wilson. You can't attribute all of the good decisions they make to luck and all the bad decisions they make to skill. That's not fair. The, because they, it was a short period of time what happened. Maybe oh. they, maybe they had... I just told you knowledge that it's about all fucking building. random and you just chose to ignore that information entirely. Yeah, they they randomness into a good roster for a short period of time. And then after that, they weren't able to do it again, but they thought they could. They fucking got the privilege. They showed up on third base and they thought they hit a triple. But what they actually did is they lucked into Russell Wilson and they lucked into a bunch of players and they believed their own hype in that same way. To me, they are fucking David Stern and Clay Bennett right now. They have ripped away our football future from us. It is just as bad. So fuck Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Well, on that note, we will uh, be having our regular weekly pod coming tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, We'll be recording with a special guest. Third Pelton brother, Ben Baldwin, will be joining us to talk about this trade. We'll get his perspective. So uh, obviously plenty more Russell Wilson coverage to come. And we'll also get to those important things like Lil Woody's uh, Burger of the Week and UW men's basketball in the Pac-12 tournament and our respective trips, which no longer seem as meaningful as they did about two hours ago. On that note. Fuck Pete Carroll, John Schneider. (laughs) Thanks for listening.